0: Welcome into the podcast that brings listeners directly to the intersection of sports and entertainment through the lens and incomparable style of Dick Butkus. Direct from the 312, join hosts Matt Amendola and Matt Butkus as they dive into the worlds of football, pop culture, philanthropy, and more. This is Butkus Beyond the Line.
1: Roses are red and violets are blue. If you've got any sense, you'll keep Butkus away from you. Welcome back to Budka's Beyond the Line. Today we are joined by Alan May. He's a former NHL hockey player, playing from 1988 to 1995 with five different NHL organizations, and now he's a hockey analyst for NBC Sports Washington. But first, the huddle. 989 on two on two on two ready. ready. On two on two on two ready. ready. Well, the playoffs are coming up, Budka. What do you think?
0: I know the Bears in Houston aren't in. Aren't in it. <laughs> That's about you it, know, right?
1: How was you know, your new year? It was good. It was good. I was in Austin. I was at my brother's. We uh, had a small celebration. My son was there. Um, we had a pretty low-key event. We really didn't go out, do too, too much. So we were there for Christmas. I went back to Dallas and for two days and then went back to Austin for yeah. another three and then came back. But no, we had a great time. We uh, Like I said, we didn't do too much, but we had a great time. It was cool. What about you? I was down in Florida.
0: Working, working on the house <laughs> that you've seen. Oh,
1: that's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you there, buddy. I needed I, wanted I needed some, there, yeah, I'm I sure. Want,
1: I, don't, I needed totally. some paint done. I know, brother. You I know me just, with was, the was,
0: red paint. When you give me the red paint, I paint the house red. Uh, yeah. Well, and all the awesome. neighbors say, uh, what the gotta, hell are you gonna doing? We're going
1: to go there soon. We'll go there soon after the season's <laughs> over. How about
0: that? Well, I, I must admit, I mean, I'm, On any of my picks, anywhere that I do them, I never pick Green Bay. And you've noticed that. And what a game to have it all set up for you and and not win, right? I mean, yeah. remember that game, Detroit? And then they had the ball left. They could have just – and Rodgers is a great quarterback and usually leads the team. But that's crazy because I have some – actually, I have some friends on Seattle.
1: Some coaches, oh, so they're obviously they're all fired up because
0: they, they kind of got in. I kind of wanted Pittsburgh to get in for T.J. Watt, and that came down to the real wire, I think. I think what they needed, to, like Miami to lose to the Jets, and it came down to a field goal, I
1: think. Sure. I mean, being a Bears fan myself, I mean, just having the uh, Packers, you know, eliminated is – <laughs> is, a, is a great thing you know that you wish and the, the vikes are, the are in it
0: go the vikes, vikes we'll so dallas vikes. goes to tampa yeah dallas and they goes to blew tampa. it they blew their last game
1: well i've never seen a team in the playoffs play so terrible. they got
0: rolled <laughs> but anyway what is dallas at tampa and you got the giants dallas at minnesota tampa,
1: baltimore at cincinnati uh, da- baltimore cincinnati on sunday
0: cincinnati's
1: rolling I yeah, mean, is know. Lamar they're gonna, they're gonna, is Lamar gonna, roll, gonna play? I don't know. I haven't got any confirmation on that. But if he doesn't play Come on,
0: you're play. like Adam Schefter.
1: I don't think Cincinnati I think Cincinnati's gonna take care of business either way. Yeah, they're hitting all cylinders right now. And I mean Buffalo, Miami, I mean, come on, you know? I mean <laughs> Buffalo's gonna run that game. I think so. So you got what uh New York uh football giants versus the Vikes?
0: That'll be that'll be interesting. I think the Vikings will win that one. They should.
1: They really should. I, I mean, they've mean, been playing so well all year. I mean, I can't believe I can't see them tripping up kind of like the Packers did. Right. And then
0: the Who the does Seattle play? San Fran.
1: Forty ers Some
0: interdivisional. That division's got what division has three teams in it? I thought one division Oh, it's the, the Dallas Philly and Giants. Three teams right. from that division made the playoffs.
1: Yes, they got the buy. The, the Eagles got the buy. I mean, obviously, they were dominant most of the year. And a lot
0: of people out there on the street are talking San Francisco.
1: That's what I've heard lately. I mean, with KC, a lot of KC you know, 49ers. Hypothesis.
0: KC 49ers, Bills Niners. ers
1: Mm-hmm, yep.
0: That might be a repeat of back, or was it Dallas? Remember when the Bills lost four in a row? Dallas, I remember, blew them out in the Rose Bowl. Could have been that was around when Dallas and Frisco were always battling for the Super Bowl.
1: You know who's been kind of fun to watch is the Jaguars. I mean,
0: right? They they made it. Win and you're in. Who do they got? They got the Chargers at home. Correct. They won that division. Like Tampa's at home, and Dallas has a much better record, but they have to travel because they won the division. Who are you, you taking about, in that what game? Do you think about Tom,
1: Tom, Tom Brady going to Dallas? He's 7-0 and versus the Cowboys.
0: No, Dallas is going to Tampa.
1: Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, right. So that Dallas one, to Tampa, that's a tough one to pick. And then – Who then, do you pick in that Tampa, one? I mean, since I live in Dallas and I always root for my home team, I mean, I got to go for the boys, but after the – poor, yeah, I wouldn't say piss poor, <laughs> but the poor, <laughs> the poor performance <laughs> – by Dak and Du boys, they're going to jump Hubs. right back. I don't Take- know if they're going to be able to beat Brady at home in Tampa, man. What do you think?
0: I'd have to lean. I'd have to lean Tampa Bay
1: there. I think I would too. You know,
0: I don't. I don't dislike Brady or Tampa Bay. I'd, they just had a rough year, but they made it. All you got to okay. do is get hot now. Yep. And if they got healthy guys back and stuff like that, and I can't understand that that wide. Re- that DB that like Mike that let Mike Evans run by him three times.
1: Yeah, it was ridiculous. Whatever I mean, that I number twenty four yeah. was. He's got the numbers, he's got the talent, and he's got the quarterback. So I mean, there's no reason why he's going to put up certain numbers. But that defensive secondary had a rough day that day. <laughs> I don't know if Dallas's defensive backs are. I mean, they're good, but they're not. They're not. Right. They're not stellar.
0: Who you think is going to win the Chargers? Jags? That should be a good one.
1: I mean, the Jags are the hottest team in the NFL. If I've ever said. That I mean, before.
0: Chargers have been rolling too.
1: Yeah, they have. They're so, getting. Yeah. I, I love their quarterback. That quarterback's tough, man. Defense. Have you seen their defense? It's great. And what today. is
0: it, Eckler, your boy?
1: Yeah, love that guy. He <laughs> so, squats like seven fifty or seven eighty or something. That's It's amazing. So, but yeah, no, I don't know. If I were to pick one, mm, I gotta go. I gotta go. Jags and boys. I got to go with Jags and man, I just, I have, I think it's just going to be too hard to handle in Tampa Bay for the boys. I think uh, Tampa and Jacksonville, man,
0: Florida, Florida winners. <laughs> yeah, and Florida. then, and then Frisco, Seattle and the giants, Minnesota. Who do you like? I
1: actually, for? I actually would love to see Seattle beat San Francisco. That- um, I don't see that happening, <laughs> but at hey, the you never know. Time, yeah, at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of parody in this league, and I don't know how much is going to be involved this year in the playoffs, but I don't know. I'm thinking San Francisco wins, and then the uh, G man at, the, uh, at and Minnesota. And basically, the representation of the, of the Eagles and the 49ers from that division from the NFC.
0: Yep. What about the
1: Vikes? Vikes are good, but, man, I mean, you know as as well as I do, the up and down of that team can be freaking ridiculous. They can play great one week and nonchalant the next. It's bad. Like the Cowboys. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Well, it'll be interesting because if they can, you know, if someone obviously steps up and beats Philly, they would be, are they next in line for the home? Can they gain the home field? Or is that Frisco and Eagles would have to lose their first game?
1: Eagles would have to lose. Frisco would have to lose. And then Minnesota.
0: Well, Frisco would have to lose. Then Minnesota would be home again. Mm -hmm. And then Philly would have to lose their first game. And Minnesota would have to win. And then Minnesota would host the the NFC championship.
1: Championship, which would be interesting. And we'd be there. I have a... Yeah, I yeah, last time I was in that stadium was uh the, the, the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl. And that's when I uh, negative was a negative 20 in the shade. It was the worst.
0: <laughs> and they lost the game.
1: Yeah, and they lost the game. Yeah. Kansas City, I think, may just roll other than Buffalo. Who's Buffalo?
0: The, who's your underdog? Any of the of the all the games this weekend? What underdog has the chance to – is Dallas favored?
1: I don't see how they could be after that last.
0: But I'm like, who out of the Giants, Dallas, Seattle, you know, out of those teams, which team you think could win?
1: Cowboys? Well, yeah. I mean, Cowboys are, five, are ranked fifth in that. And So, I mean, yeah, Cowboys would probably have to be the biggest upset. I don't think the Giants can beat the – the vikes i don't think i re, i mean as much as i love to see seattle make it i don't think that they have the the uh, offensive power the chargers beat the jags many points
0: maybe the chargers beat the jags
1: yeah they could but i don't know man i mean they're they're pretty hot right now i mean i hate to say that but another head coach that i saw in in minnesota that was a peterson coach peterson was it for the, wasn't he at, well, yeah he was the coach for the for philly for the eagles
0: Yep. That's how they play the game. Yeah. So we're what late. About
1: you, do you see anybody upset right now?
0: Do I see anybody getting upset? Mm-hmm. Uh I maybe the Chargers over the Jags. There you go. I'll go with that. Well, that's we'll have to check that out this weekend. So and then uh we're in the hockey season, so I'm looking forward to talking to our brawler coming up here, Alan yep. May. <laughs> Oh yeah. He's got a lot of penalty minutes. A lot and a lot of goals, but you Historic, need your bruisers, man.
1: Historical bruisers. He's a heck of
0: a guy, works for the Capitals T V now and I uh, got to spend a lot of time with him. I've been well, you too. Remember we went mm-hmm. to the game and yep. and our high school winner was right there in Virginia, so we got to spend some time with him. So he was in town playing the Blackhawks or the team was and he was you know, he does the T V so I asked him to come on and he was kind enough to come on, so let's go yeah, see Alan. what he let's go see what he has to say.
1: Yeah, Alan's great. Let's do that. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients come to rely on them for full line of website services. From consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Budkus Award and the Budkus Foundation websites. And we proudly recommend the team to AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today. one 877 web one Welcome back. We are joined today by former NHL hockey player from 1988 to 1995, playing on five different NHL organizations, notably the Washington Capitals. In 393 NHL games, he totaled 31 goals, 45 assists, 1,300 penalty minutes, and is a force to be reckoned with. Alan May, welcome to the show. So it's nice to see you again, buddy. Hey, boys. Good to be with you. Yeah. Good yeah. see you,
0: Alan. Yeah. Last time, we uh, we were all in uh, D.C. when I came in to surprise the high school winner in Manassas, Virginia. Yeah. We got to go to a game, and uh, we went and ate wherever we went that night. The
2: Hamilton, I think. The Didn't Hamilton, we go to the Hamilton yeah. late night?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was amazing. So,
2: yeah.
0: So you're in town tonight for the big game, huh?
2: Yeah. Caps and Hawks, and we're on the OV watch. He's... he's uh, almost the all-time second leading goal scorer in the national hockey league he's at 797 goals i believe he's nice. had four empty net goals in a row which is absolutely bizarre right. and he's still number two behind Gretz in that category he's uh Gordy howe's at 802 so all these numbers are, re- are 801 so all the numbers in the next few games 800 801 802 is this he'll be second all-time leading goal scorer and then he's right now what is he 98 goals behind Gratsker. 90. I, I can't keep track because there's so many numbers associated with ob lately
0: what do you think he's has a couple more years you think
2: well he's got i believe he's got three years left on his contract and it could be four uh um, once again the numbers are it's always numbers every single night he's like setting a new record or passing somebody and he's at the amount of games he's at 1300 plus games now he's at 797 goals. You look at, it and it's just like he passes this guy, this guy, this guy, power play goals, game winning goals, overtime goals. He's the leader in everything right now. <laughs> and uh, power play goals, all time leader. So every time he gets another power play goal, he's top of the list. I, I guess it's, it's been fun to watch the guy. He's an absolute animal. Yeah. He's 37 years old. And uh, he's still got a, like a passion for the game. Like he's a five-year-old kid.
0: Like a Brady for, for Tampa. Yep. One thing you didn't mention was, Penalty minutes. Which maybe you're you're up on that list. Well, I ha- I,
1: ha- <laughs> I have we were laughing earlier, we were trying to figure trying I out to to an jump educated right in. guess, but I think right now it was is it thirteen forty eight?
2: Well, you know what? I've never known my stats, so I'm gonna look look them up right now. <laughs> Here we so, go. I, I can remember single season numbers like as far as but it never the totals because I in all my years and all the leagues I played pro, I, I'm just I think I'm not sure if I got the three thousand total penalty penalty minutes
1: you know when wikipedia says astounding before i think it says astounding amount of penalty
2: (laughs) yeah you know what my my dad was five foot two and he brought me up to be a five foot two in a world of bullies actually when people used to bully you in person not online and uh so he thought i was gonna be a little kid and i kind of was my entire life so i kind of had a chip on my shoulder my dad was a tough sob and he brought me up to be one, but uh, my mom made sure I was always polite and said yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, things there like that. Go. But so. And then you get caught, a, you know, a a tale <laughs> a tale, a <tail laughs> right. of two people. I'll kick, I'll kick <laughs> your ass, then and I then I'll, kicked, I'll help, then you help you up. Get kicked yeah. the embassy. No, well, my dad, my dad taught me a long time ago just to. Uh, I had to stick up for my sister, my mom, yep. any of my friends, any of the weak kids in class, the ones that would get bullied. I'd bully the bullies. I guess I sure. did that my entire life, and then I kind of translated over to the hockey. Hockey service, hockey surface, a little bit hungover from hanging out with you guys last night. And, they, and then uh, all types of playground at school. There were a few skirmishes, baseball, I got in fights. Uh, I just taught to take no yep. shit growing up.
0: Mm-hmm. So you were born in Alberta?
2: <laughs> yes, I was, as far as I know. A town of 250 people wow. delivered at home. And uh, then I moved to the big city when I was about six months old don't remember any of that
0: and obviously <laughs> Canada it's all hockey right? yeah, it, I, yeah mean... I think it
2: used to be and uh, every elementary school where I grew up the city I grew up in pretty much every elementary school had two outdoor rinks and we were there all the time that was our hangout in, in the wintertime uh, football fields were you know the what we did in the summer you know we played all the sports but hockey is every single person you know and the grit that's so my city is a lot like Dallas in a way. It's like a really grid-form city, so you have everything's very organized in the youth sports, and so it's you. You played with your friends all the way growing up at every in every sport, and then even in. Uh, in well, I played lacrosse. I played every sport was my right. neighbor, my neighborhood buddies, and then once I started making uh, rep hockey, which they call travel hockey now, uh, it still had you know a few guys from my neighborhood, but it was the surrounding neighborhoods too. So right. it was all the rotten little bastards that we played against growing up and you know, all of our yeah. leagues, it was, we knew who these guys were, mm-hmm. kind of hated them and then you all become best friends. You realize that right. you know, you're enemies and then you get the same team. You're you know, thick as thieves the rest yeah. of your life.
0: We had Dylan Strom on uh, a couple weeks ago and he kind of told us all the different ways people it's make like, it through hockey, like the Hershey Bears. And oh, yeah. you go overseas. Yeah, there's lots of different ways. And- and- well,
2: I, yeah, I played junior hockey in uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League because I was so small when I left home to play. I, I was good. And, but I was small, so I get turned down by the bigger leagues. Didn't get drafted because I was like 5'7 my draft year when I was going on, just before I was 18, I was 5'7. How much did you weigh? I weighed 135, 130. Whoa. Yeah, I think I had that first wow. year, I had like 365 penalty minutes in junior. And there you go. And then, you know, <laughs> you, lo- you move away from home, you live with a family. And actually, the lady that the family I lived with uh, was a mom and dad and two kids in this big house in this little tiny town. She just passed away on Friday. And I'm like, they're called billet families, and everyone in junior hockey in Canada. I don't know how much in the US, but in Canada, these people take you in in these towns because you, you're my path. I just told my parents one day, I said, Oh, by the way, I'm leaving home to play junior hockey this year. It's like there was no getting in my way, and they couldn't stop me. And, you know, I went, and, awesome. I went to high school in, in another province, and I lived with this family for four years. And by the end of it, I was about six foot two. So I got, I got real lucky.
0: There you go you started in Boston is uh,
2: it? I started in a league that uh was ba- well the same league that was kind of like the league based on slapshot oh, shot. Was, was it the EC was uh, it, it was before that so the okay. league the league it was ECHL. called the Atlantic coast Hockey League okay. which became the ECHL it was the same people owned it and ran it and created that I and I think a lot of times those league changed names because they owed so much money they just <laughs> you know fold them and start up and the same franchises being they the same pounds, the ice, And yeah sure so down, I play right? I played in that league and I was the first ever player to go. To the big leagues from there, because usually it was like uh how I got tricked into playing there is kind of a great story. And I got cut in a league where I was the best player on the team in a higher league Whoa, because they didn't man. want to pay me 385 bucks That's a week. Crazy. So I went down to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which they told me was basically Myrtle Beach, and it's about four hours away. <laughs> I pictured Whoa. going down there, good luck in Southern college girls and right. the beach. I had no idea what Myrtle Beach <laughs> was. They saw they, sold, they sold me, but I was three and a half, four hours from the beach. But man, I had a great time and. The fans, they liked my kind of hockey, and it. I'm lucky I played in that league. It was a really small roster. I got a lot of ice time. Basically, the only breaks I got was when I was in the penalty box, and right. I got, uh, from the end of that season, I played four games in an even higher league than the one that cut me, and I got three NHL contracts out of four games. So three offers, so it turned out pretty. One fight, one fight kind of flipped the switch for everybody, and then kind of I was a little bit psycho the way I played. The game was so different back then, and, uh, a couple of the games of basically one fight, but the performance I did that game hitting and sure. trash talking right. and being a thug, yeah. you know, I had a couple of assists. <laughs> right. I had a couple of assists. You. I had a couple of assists as well. So they knew I could play. I played the whole game and I was better than actually, I think better than every guy on that nice. team. Uh, when I look back, I, I think no one played more NHL games than me on so that
1: they team. They said that yeah. you, got, you were the first uh, player from the East, the East coast. Yeah, yeah. League. And they said uh, there's 47 players that actually went, pro from the league and 22 coaches yeah so
2: yeah so i i i think those lists of they change all the time and i don't know if they merged our our records into that league that league's everywhere now it's no longer the east coast hockey league it's called the echl it means nothing it's just echl hockey (laughs) league like because there's team there i don't know if the teams in alaska still there you have teams down on i-10 in the south uh like fort myers florida has a team Right. Um, the Florida, so they're all over the place. It's got to be a lot to run those leagues now. Because back when I was playing, eight dollars a day per diem, and that, that was one meal. I was one Shoney's stop. I don't know right. if you ever been to Shoney's, but the Shoney's oh, yeah. buffet in the morning, you, you know, before you knew how bad it was for you, you just <laughs> shovel it in. Eight bucks, all you could eat.
0: Couple so of- obviously, you'd go, you'd go into hockey at a young age, whereas in the United States, sometimes they go to college. So there wasn't any. Like, I, you know what? If you go I wanted. To I wanted.
2: I, I wanted to play college hockey, and I had a coach that kind of kept me away from all the college scouts. And when my junior career was over, he handed me all the envelopes. Wow. And by then, I kind of screwed up my eligibility because I had gone and played. I was so pissed off, I went and played as a twenty-year-old player, in, in it's called the Canadian Major Junior Hockey League, the Western Hockey League. I played there half the season at a broken thumb. Played there half the season. And I couldn't get a trout. And I got one trout in a, a league called the, a defunct league now called the IHL. And I had a Canadian, that's not a scholarship, but I had an offer to Canadian school for six years. And it was in my hometown. But I went to those games growing up and watching. It'd be like me, the players' moms and dads, and maybe a couple of drinking buddies for the players. So there was no one at the game. I didn't want to play. I wanted to play U.S. college hockey mm-hmm. and then pro. And I played, I didn't get a scholarship. I didn't get any. Like even when I called the schools directly after, uh, it was just too much money for my family. You know, not, not like right. at the time, yeah. bad exchange in the dollar. So when I was in the NHL, I should have been in college still. So it worked out all right. And I never went back. You could play one year a pro, I think it was just one year, and then go back and play Canadian college hockey because the Canadian college guys are way older.
1: Who's the craziest player you played against? I'm talking about like uh, tough guys, and, yeah, stuff. Tough guys and stuff.
2: At every level, well, the toughest guys to me are in the NHL. A lot of people who never made it, they say they were tougher than, but. You know, the way I look at it back, the guys used to, if you had to play, well, the toughest guys when I was playing were Dave Brown, Bob Probert, um, Ty Domi. Um, but actually, I, I learned a long time ago not to take anyone for granted in a fight, so I'd say every guy's tough. And, sure, uh, sure. I fought Brown. Proby was, you know, always in trouble, you know, something <laughs> – something going on in this he life he's always
0: skating yeah. off. yeah
2: well I, you know he was he's a, just it, slashing people well he, you know, <laughs> I, I know i know he got arrested one time and that, that cost him and he was in oh, rehab all, so yeah. he hard like when we played detroit he hardly ever played and i i think maybe two or three games in my entire career he may have been in the games um and i may be incorrect but it, it uh i'm probably lucky he didn't who's the, top he, three, right.
1: who's the top three of the list where you could just circle the game and you knew that fight was going to be on uh, did you get well that? The old, well we used to
2: call it the game notes so you go in the room you have the game notes and you'd look up and it was funny in preseason one time we're playing uh new york rangers in a preseason game in albany new york and this before the internet and so you hear of stories of guys well they had a list of all these players so our director of player personnel i think he was also our gm assistant gm comes in he goes hey al this guy's a lefty. This guy's a righty. This guy throws him with both. This guy's a grappler, and there was like twelve <laughs> guys. I can't keep fucking track. And these guys are—they're like this guy had 490 penalty. Whatever you know, I'm just making the, right, the numbers right. up. But I go, who's the toughest? And he goes, oh, this guy right here. So first shift of the game, I just went after the toughest guy, like just, <laughs> and and, uh, and I ended up getting two goals, scoring two goals and that game was first star preseason game bullshit. Like doesn't matter. But I come in after the game, and the player personnel guy goes. That was fucking genius. And I go, Yeah. I, I go, am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. i s I'm Canadian. I I do that yeah. a lot. So uh I, he goes, That's fucking genius. So I said, Why would I fight all 12 guys? I'm gonna lose one of those. <laughs> the odds are against me. So I just figured to take go after the biggest take, and best Go after the head of the snake. And he goes, That's the best I've ever That's seen. It. I said I, I was like, Holy shit, because I looked over there. There were some ugly motherfuckers on that <laughs> team. Know. And you know, I'm not that wasn't that big of a guy. I think I was about 180 at that time. It was a couple years in. Yeah. And uh when I first turned played in the NHL, I think at my first game I was about 168 pounds, yeah. and then so
0: all these other bruisers were bigger guys. Yeah, right? you know, and you were, and
2: like... yeah, and there were juice monkeys mostly in the eight, in the in American <laughs> in the American Hockey League, right? And I, but I always felt they were e- easy to take down, and I always thought to me those guys to me were scared. It was a sign that they were scared sure, that they sure. were because they and they, there's they were just, and there's they, techniques they were, right? right where to well, grab them where they the can't... guys used to be. It used to be just t- chuck and throw, but right. when I was in the f- junior, I used to just throw as many hands as I oh, could right. and throw from any angle, like both hands. And then when I, <laughs> my first have, year of pro- Did you have
1: a move though?
2: Oh yeah, after <laughs> after I got the pro, so this, I figured out on the fly and it was, I'm fighting a guy and it's my f- sixth game of the season, my first pro year, and it's a lefty who's, I had seen fight in our game before, a couple games before and, I, uh, I go, fuck, how am I going to fight? So, so I just reached across with my left hand and grabbed his left elbow and he couldn't hit me. And I just started swinging the shit out. And then <laughs> I go, you know what? I'm going to do this to the righties. Now I'm just going to start and grab with my, I'm going to fight every righty <laughs> lefty, all- right. but I'm not, <laughs> right. but the old way guys used to, guys would sit there and they would trade punches. I'm like, it fucking hurts to get punched. Right. So I wanted to neutralize and I could basically fight with my eyes closed because I'd always fight. And then when I got to the American hockey league where, you know, there's guys six eight, two eighty, 280 And. 260 and 250 and you know six footers are that are big like boys. six footers that are bench pressing 600 pounds at like 22 you know they're not natural and <laughs> you know the 240 pounds so they would get in tight and you couldn't you couldn't throw but they didn't throw and that pissed me used to piss me off that i called it a non-fight right, i'd ask the ref, like dance. i'd ask the ref just to give us a delay of game penalty each like instead of a fighting major because i wanted it to be a real fight and then <laughs> so then i started realizing when you're in tight like that i would just you know, one of my buddies called it the Calgary crossover. So I'd reach across and I would grab, they'd be in tight. So I'd take my right arm, grab their right arm, if I knew they were predominantly a righty, if they were actually going to throw a punch. And then I'd push them down and they would let go of my arm and I'd just start feeding them left hooks. (laughs) 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 That was all good until Uh fight collectors started giving other players my fight tapes. So there's guys in the league, I I didn't like to watch fight tapes because it was, it showed the other guy kicking someone's ass. And I just visualized myself, right. like, how, how do I fight? I just wanted to, I didn't want to see him just, like, like, if you watch every Probert fight, you're like, why the fuck, there's no way to beat the guy. So you'd be better off not watching. Right. And um, just trying to figure out how to cheat or like a fly. Dave Brown, you know, you, you know, his jersey comes who's off. The so. big,
1: who's the biggest upset in hockey history? What do you mean? I don't know. Did you, have, did you have, between these brawlers, have these brawlers ever gotten and then one guy, I don't know.
2: There's, you know what, everyone loses fights. Sure. And, you know, a- every single guy loses fights. And... I don't know if there's anyone that's ever been undefeated, but there, there's, right. you, you, some, you're just surprised sometimes. You see, there's a kid in Montreal right now who knocked out a tough guy, like a long-time NHL tough guy, and out of nowhere, this kid's just all of a sudden a name, but you have shit like that happens yeah. all the time, but mm. there's not many guys that do it anymore. There's right. about five or six in the entire league, really, that are, and we have our, the best player that's a combination of toughness and a player in the league, and a guy named Tom Wilson in Washington, but you know, er- everyone's lost fights. Every yep. single guy's.
1: Everybody, yeah. No,
2: absolutely.
0: Was there a guy that you'd, what guy did you see the most?
2: To fight? Oh, God, I don't know. Taidomi was impossible because he is, he turned into a really good hockey player too, but he is a little mutant. I don't know how tall he is, but big ass head, big muscles, big pecs, big traps, like, and he was shorter. He's, I, I swear yeah, he's 5'8", but he'd swing you around and you couldn't keep your balance. And, you know, he and then you'd hit him, and it was like punching a bowling ball, and it didn't even affect them. <laughs> punching and, a wall. And uh, but there's guys like that, and then there's you know, you know. The, to me, the toughest guys were the ones who attacked me right away. If you squared off, mm-hmm. because it, you know, I kind of wanted to get after them and throw a, a punch so I could get my first grab on. But so you have to figure out. You just have to figure out how yeah, to defend yourself. But I, I don't know. Feel. I fought a good buddy of mine. We actually we lived together in junior, and then we went to the next level. First game we ever played, I hit the goalie. We get in a fight, and uh, I was a better fighter than him we play in the american hockey league against each other first game i nail him on an icing call or or chasing icing and Mm -hmm. then we fight and uh no i i I nailed him and then i hit the goalie i think is what i went by and gave the goalie a shot and then he had to fight me and then i got and then our first nhl game against each other and it's funny he used to stay at my house in the summer in canada at my parents house and we'd skate together two to three weeks every summer with my skating our skating coach and uh, his dad would stay at my house, and we'd be in the penalty box. And he goes, how's your mom and dad doing? I go, oh, they're doing great. How's your mom and dad? And he goes, they're doing great, but you're still not allowed to come back to the farm. My mom's still mad at you. And <laughs> you know, after my sister's nice. wedding, you're not, you know, she's my she mom's She you yeah. can't
1: come <laughs> over for Thanksgiving, but you come over for Christmas. A
0: lot of conversations yeah, and, from penalty box yeah, to but penalty that, box. And, and
2: all the guys, it got into the hockey news way back then. And the guys in the penalty box were like, these two stupid son of a bitches. They were just safe. kicking each other's ass. And then there they are, like talking like two little kids, right. you know, in, in class at school. Like, what's what's going on with your sister? She's still dating that guy. Like, we're going back and forth. And yeah, yeah you come in this. Yeah, I'll be there this summer. And I might tell my dad you said, like, well, just shit like that. But usually it was a lot of fuck you fights in the penalty box because <laughs> there didn't used to be glass dividers back then. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so you just, and to me, the, you know, you just try to get under a guy's skin as much as you can. Just sure. like, didn't just,
0: have the little guy now that the reporter in between. All of that. Well, that's Sitting. on the play. That's
2: usually on the player side, but now they got the timekeepers and everything, but they got glass in there. Sure. Right. But I think they're still, in most places, they're still like a little expanse in the back. <laughs> you can just sit there and talk shit <laughs> to each other. I've had, how many? I've had two what's fights. Your, I had, had two him. fights in the penalty box. Really? Yeah. That's to, crazy. I had one eight-man fight in a box in a preseason game in Boston. And then
0: the, sometimes who has the, the worst, who's,
1: who's got the best and worst penalty boxes in the league? I don't
2: or know. Where any, was they the all t- look like luxury suites. Right. now. They're where so nice. where was
0: the the toughest place to play? Say, like, you know, Detroit when you were in the something. box and they were yelling at you down at the box, and just the fans. Well,
2: but here Chicago people in the old stadium, and beside the bench, there was a open. The one side was open near the fans, and. You know, people would heckle you, but also girls would come down and say, where are you going after? Like, oh. it was hilarious. oh here we go. And then <laughs> the, the penalty box, and then the penalty box side, uh, yeah, they could, there, there, was, there was expanse in the glass. Like, so it wasn't, they could talk shit to you. And have I would just give her, I have just. Have a beer dumped on you? No, no one ever threw a beer, but I got a beer in the penalty box my first game in Chicago because they wouldn't shut up. I, and I just told the guy, I go, shut the fuck up and get me a beer. And it made him laugh. And he went and got a beer. Oh, no, and no. Uh, I couldn't drink it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted. To. I, oh, believe me, I thought it would have been great just to have a, a just before I walk out of the box, right. just right. knock just one back and then skate on the down. ice. Everybody yeah. would have been, everybody yeah. would have been line My line. coach was so miserable back then, it wouldn't have went over well. <laughs> then
0: skate right out and get in yeah. another fight.
1: Yeah. Get what get back about you? Who was your favorite coach as far as on?
2: Ah, uh, one I, of your most,
1: in, you know. Ones
2: well, in pro, I, I had John Tortorella as an assistant coach. Oh, okay. I love the guy. I had a weirdo named Rick Dudley. Love the guy. Mike Milbury. Right. I'd say of all my coaches, he's single handedly responsible for me playing in the NHL. And he's the guy that signed me to my first NHL contract. So I, I would say that guy. And uh, he was a broadcaster for a long time. He just right. got aced during the pandemic for something he said on uh, oh, a broadcast. But I love that guy. He just turned 70. I don't know how he still has black hair, but uh, yeah, I don't know what a secret is, but, uh, he, he was a great guy. Practices were great. And he was, uh, all about the team and teaching us how to be good teammates. And, you know, you had to be ready to play every game and just guys like that, that show you how to like the big part of being a pro is being ready to play every game and actually being ready to practice. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you feel like, like hell going on the ice, you still got to find a way to practice, whether you're hurt, hungover, sick, he just said, you pro your way through it. So. You know, that's the biggest lessons, you know, like you guys that don't work hard in practice, they don't last too long. I mean, you know, right. you, you have superstars, but they're not going to be great. You know, they're not going to be longevity stars. Well, if They super, don't have a work ethic. A lot of
1: superstars we had heard, you know, follow some of the same health and wellness, you know, programs that you made yourself. So, yeah, I mean, that's something to say about it
0: Yeah, know, on its own. And practice yeah. is huge. Yeah. You know, well, yeah my and I, dad, yeah, he, lo- he loved to practice. Yeah.
2: Off season trading, uh, when I first got to the big leagues, there was like, I think there were 63 guys in training camp and there was only about a dozen of us who had muscles or like were physically, you could look at a guy and go, man, that guy's in jacked, he's in shape right? and he's ripped or whatever. And all the other guys had beer bellies from um, the summer. Did they have out the
0: a, um, you know, like Nautilus was, or Nautilus and...
2: Edmonton had those when I got traded there. They still had Nautilus in their room.
0: Well, Nautilus <laughs> and weights was and they, just Edmonton, coming in.
2: Edmonton just had the Nautilus machines and... So. But, but they
0: had workout machines. Yeah, but and I, stuff. I think those
2: Nautilus machines were more about like cup, the pec deck was really good one to like have a nap on. Right. It was like a, a, a lounge chair. And then, you know, Boston, it maybe had like one curl bar and it was just ridiculous what they had. And then Washington, we had at our practice rink, we had a building outside because we had a real bad rink when I first got there. But they had like a bunch of machine Nautilus type machines and some free weights. But if you use the free weights, so you drop them on the floor; they go through the floor. Oh. Um, and then they built a nice facility with a real weight room for a change, like you know dumbbells and cables right. and you name it. But now they have everything state of the art on every single team.
1: Wow! So was where got, was your and, fa- she- and best chefs, ice. It and chef? I heard a lot about Washington's ice.
2: The worst. Yeah, it, it's all for when <laughs> I played. Supposedly it was <laughs> worst. the worst because it's like a multi-use facility that has events all the time. And I don't know, the players still complain about the new building. I played in the old building. Uh, all the original six buildings had good ice, but the best for forever was the old Edmonton Arena and Vancouver, Winnipeg. But you don't hear anyone bragging about the Edmonton ice anymore. I think maybe the building's too big uh, and the surface temp. I and, think yeah. Dylan
0: said Montreal's nice.
2: Montreal's old school, so it would be right. – I don't know how old that arena is. It's still one of the coolest places to go into, but it's it's nice. And the old building used to have, it was like the boards were like concrete. So you had to be real careful on your hits. Like, cause it, it just shake the shit out. It was like getting a car wreck. Boston was like that. Cause the old boards in a lot of the arenas, I don't think in Montreal, those boards come out of the, ever come out of the building. Wow, right. I'm pretty sure. And, but the old, a lot of the old arenas, their boards are permanent. So they didn't have a lot of give to them.
0: <laughs> right. I would chuck guys. Got a, I back. got a
1: stat here. It says you were one of two oh. people ever to be traded on the day of the deadline.
2: Deadline day trades, four yes, times. four times. Am I – there's someone is else that there's, me one out. O-
1: there's one other – yeah, Thomas Vanek.
2: Did he make it? I don't he, know if he made I don't it know. To- that like, that was the pre- word on the street. I, I, well, every year on trade deadline day, they bring it up. It's on radio, TV, yeah. all the shows. Is that a good? Is that uh, a good <laughs> I'd rather be like four Stanley that a good Cup.
1: Is but but come out of the room I, next to me. I told him that. and He goes, "Is that a good thing?" I can't <laughs> wait to ask.
2: I don't. I don't give a shit. Like, you uh, know what? I played the oh, NHL. You know that what? means
1: people are thinking about I, you, I, I, you on play, the day. I, I played in the NHL, oh, yeah.
2: and you know it was thirteen years. Yep. So thirteen years of pro. You know the minor leagues in there, but the. Fuck, I didn't, didn't get drafted. I didn't think I was even going to play in the NHL. Sure. I just wanted to get one game. So, And even though one preseason game, my first ever preseason game, I, that was good. But then you, you get the adrenaline junkie and you yeah. get, like, you get, get wired it's up. a high get you want to have. And, Do you remember and, your first goal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was in my hometown. I got traded to the Oilers December 23rd, 1988. It was the last game before Christmas. And I just got called up uh, from the. When did I see. Edmonton's president, general manager, head coach was watching his first minor league game ever and I had a two minute and five second fight, like first shift of the game. And I'd been out for about three weeks, I, three or four weeks that we thought it was the flu, but I look back, it was probably my first like major concussion. Oh, okay. And light was making me sick, I was throwing like, you know, a skinny guy gets skinnier. I was weighing in about 150, uh, I think 152 at the hospital when I got sick. And I, we all thought we'd test to be for everything. So I play this game and in that year in training camp, I had uh, five fights in the first, before the, in a practice before the first scrimmage. Some guy jumped me uh, through a sucker punch and fucked up my whole summer of training. And, and then I had, I fought him a bunch of other times and like, like it was a practice. Wow. So he suckered me. So I went and suckered him when I got up. <laughs> but I felt when he hit me, he just walked up and said, Hey, Al. He skated, basically, we were walking on our skates and he skated up to me and said, Hey, Al, I'm sorry. And he sucker punched me with a left hook and dropped me. Like it was just like, holy fuck. And then I got my bear and guys are, what the fuck was that? And then he's over there, he's talking to a player. So I just went over, I was taught eye for an eye, the way my dad brought me up. So I just went over and did the exact, I just dropped my glove and went right through his face with it and jumped on him and started hammering him. Mm -hmm. Then they break us up and then the coaches are just getting on the ice to run a practice. Like it's like a shoot around, not a fucking like it's not a with scrimmage. your own team. It's like a 45 minute skate. <laughs> like a like.
1: I, five. I love the stu- five fights before the first. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, and,
2: and, and, and then I set it up. So I'm so mad because I can feel my bones are messed up and I got to tie the story in. But we're doing this drill that I hate. This it was called the horseshoe. So I time it. So, they're trying to keep us out of each other's end. So, I timed it. So, when he went up near the red line, I just went and clotheslined him with it like a sucker punch. And, you know, it was, I was just fucking pissed. And then, so we had four there and then, or four incidents in comb fights. But, uh, and then the president said, called us to the bench. He said, What the fuck are you guys doing? And then he said, He said in the paper, he's going to, I said, I didn't say anything. The guy put that, you idiot. And, and the coach is telling us to shake hands. Like I'm not shaking his fucking hand ever. Fuck you, fucking. You. Because you guys would be lying me. And I was just my attitude was just. I lost a lot. I go fuck. I him to, and I wouldn't shake his hand. I just gave him another push, a shot, and I said I'll fucking do it right here. And then I skated out on the ice, and then the, uh, I hit, food I hit someone, and I ended up fighting a, another guy. And I was <laughs> by the end of the fight because I was kind of, he, he hit me a couple times, but I was nail. But I got to the point I couldn't even throw my punches anymore. And he was a bigger guy. He was out of shape. But he couldn't hit hit me, he was out of, but my season, I was sore. My back was messed up for months after that. But when I got this concussion, I lost all the muscle mass I had on my back. And when I got back on the skates, I never felt so good. So I go, I gotta quit training eight to 10 hours a day. I was like literally over, I thought the more you worked out, the bigger you'd get. He said I was probably explained why I was 168. So my weight started to go up because I started only working out two to three hours a day, typically like a three-hour day. Mm-hmm. And I quit doing all the extra stuff. And so I would run, I'd slide board, I'd bike every day, box for 30 rounds. Sure. And uh, my weights, my skating, every day. I for 90 minutes sure. every day. And obviously there's something wrong in the brain that I needed to do that much. But uh, I, I felt so good. And then my first game, I have a two-minute and five-second fight. I go to the penalty box. I'm throwing up. I'm like so overheated mm-hmm. and there's i think like four water bottles i put the first one i took all my gear off and i just showered in it and my biceps were about 30 inches like they were so swollen from this fight from it was going forever and i had the guy neutralized the whole time so i was just hitting him over he was a rookie he was bald and there was cuts all over his head and i just kept whacking him and whacking him and <laughs> And then it was, when it was over, I was so overheated because I had only skated one day, got on the bus, went and played, you know, I had a long bus day the day before, it was in Rochester, New York, where I always used to love to have a good fight. And then uh, I went through all four of those water bottles, my first shift out the penalty box, I need to go to the bench and like, I'm still overheated. Right. My my biceps are so pumped, they're hurt, like, my arms are hurting just from, it's like a massive, It's sure. almost like I did a circuit training thing first time ever like i felt like i had never worked out a day in my life i get to the bench and the coach goes right wing i was like "Fuck off i mean <laughs> he's like right wing i'm going like, fuck you fuck me fuck you like it was right. one of those so i go to right wing and they sent out a six foot i think he was six foot eight or six foot nine and uh wayne van dorp big yeah, guy I was and i say chara and uh who is <laughs> well, way bigger than than char but he wasn't a, a specimen but he uh he he was there and he goes, you're going to kick my feet out? Because I went through the, I started the fight. Like, I used to love to go through the, you know, bump the goalie and start a fight that way and get the <laughs> shit going. and uh, To set the tone. So, that, yeah. And then, you know, I'm a first liner in the American League at the time, and so they, they send this guy out, and I'm so tired. It, my little sister could have beat me up in that one, and my sister's not a fighter, but she would have kicked my ass, and all 100 pounds of her, and so... He, he goes, you're going to kick my feet. I said, you drop your stick. I'm going to stick you right in the fucking face. And he dropped his stick, so I just whacked him across the face with my blade of my stick as hard as I could. He put his hands over his face, skated their bench. I skated mine, threw my stick at the coach, and yelled, change. And I just sat down and just started <laughs> chugging <laughs> so water again. again. Yeah, and then Dang. I played just incredible. The, once once my body chilled out uh, and got back to normal, I played, I, rest, I, I played just incredible the rest of the game. Killing penalties, power play. I don't know if I got points, but... The president's in the team and he comes in at the urinal together and he goes, Holy fuck, are you ever white? I said, Have you ever been to where you have us playing? We're playing in East in, in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, and there's no sunlight there, you know, like in the maybe in the summer, so I've never been there in the summer, but we didn't see any sunlight and we're white. And I remember I was like, used to do cartwheels to go on the road trips to get out of town. It was a tiny little town. Mm. And uh, he goes, You want to come home for Christmas? I go, Yeah, who the fuck wouldn't want to go home for Christmas? He goes, expect a phone call the next night we're in a bar in Toronto uh right back at it like you know, you're sick never gonna drink again you know like I don't know what they have we're <laughs> beer and wings we're in a beer and wing joint and I see oilers tough guy gets KO'd in a fight I just stood up at the table and normally you don't want it like I don't want the t- team I don't want someone to end there but I just put my hands up I go like I'm going home and right. sure shit I got back to the hotel the little red light was flashing and I got called up so I the very next day, I get to my, I'm gonna stay with my parents instead of in a hotel at their house. And they don't know the, like really the hockey protocol I left home, like how game day is supposed to be. And sure. my mom was a cigarette smoker back then. Well, fuck their phone won't quit ring cause it's on the radio all day, who's been called up. And every friend, every enemy, anyone they've ever had is calling the house. And people are knocking on the door. And all of a sudden it's like this freak show kid in the circus is home, you know, and they're coming, where's Where's your, where's your at? Like all of a sudden, I'm like, they used to treat me like it re- I was a totally irrelevant in my hockey career and all no, that. Now you're, and no, you're shouldn't the you be, Shouldn't winner. you quit? Shouldn't you quit? Now all of a sudden, ho- so I ended up going to the rink about three hours before I normally would. I was like, the- I-, I couldn't chill out. Right. So I-, I go to the rink, and then I was told by the GM not to fight, and uh, he said, you could be a goal scorer in this league. You could be a- like he He's a great at tricking guys into being what they weren't. <laughs> and uh, I wish I would have listened to him more. But in that game, uh, Gary Souter made one of his – made a, I, I didn't see him give the puck away, but it was a beautiful assist that he gave me. He, it was a turnover and I was at the hash marks, went in. T- went. I swear I was going top shelf, but the puck went five hole. I think I fanned on a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I went, my seats that I sat in growing up were seven rows behind that net. My girlfriend at the time and my sister are in the stands and I'm looking at them, I'm looking at the red light, I'm looking at the fucking pucks. in. The, I couldn't believe it. That's I awesome. grew up watching every Oiler game growing up. And even when they were in the other league, the World Hockey Association, so I scored that goal and I'm getting choked up. My dad went from sitting in that in, and 18 rows up directly behind the net to now goal line where Grant Fear is. Sure. Second row, because he's too short to sit in the first row. So he's in the second row so he could see over the boards. And he's the, the emotional one in the family. He was the emotional one. And my mom, I always called her the stone-faced. And I can't, he can't say it anymore. I get canceled, but I called her, but... Uh, you're we're right. na- we're native on our side. Right. I guess it, I was told the summer I have to start referring to myself as indigenous. Oh, you're an So indigenous. yeah, something, oh and I didn't, <laughs> I don't know who it refers to, but anyway, so I'm indigenous on I'm my mom's, indigenous. on my mom's side. All right. My dad, I don't know what my dad was and he never knew his dad. So we don't know what we were on that side. And I've never done a DNA, probably won't ever do a DNA, right. too many crimes to committed in the past right. and, uh, my mom is just sitting there with her arms crossed and I'm like she's trying not to show She's probably trying not to cry trying not to smile and then uh my dad just all and then the whole section that you could see them I was like I'm getting a little choked up I wasn't back then after you have kids you become a choked up guy but I never used to cry at a movie get tears get a lump in my throat for anything well I look and I'm starting my centerman Keith Acton grumpy old vet comes like, don't you fucking cry don't you fucking (laughs) cry and then it ends up being the game winner. And then the last shift of the game, coach tells me, they have, Calgary has all their tough guys on the ice. And uh, ba- uh, Basil McRae, I think, Shane Churla. I can't remember who sent her. Dana Merzen, like was the biggest guy on the ice. So he, when I went on the ice, and I knew this guy was a child psychologist, so I thought he was using a little bit of reverse psychology on I me, mean, Glenn Sather, and he said, don't fight. So I went out there. I thought that meant fight. And you know, I'm leading. Uh-oh. I'm leading the minor Child league. the year the year before. I lead the American <laughs> Do the, league. Opposite. the year before. I lead the American league in, in penalty minutes and fights. And and this season, I'm you know I missed some games, so I'm not not as high. <laughs> I think I ended that year like three three hundred something year before four hundred something penalty minutes. And I'm thinking that's my I know my role. I'm going to make the NHL by being a pain in the ass and dropping gloves and find a way to be a role player. So I just go right to the defenseman uh, Mersin, who's the biggest guy and there chop getting a fight and then we end up near the goal line and i fought him from the goal line at one end to the other and i got to get this fight tape and i was throwing oh, la- i was showing off i was like it was i had him tied up but dance? i'm i'm oh no i'm i'm showing off <laughs> right. at the fight i'm throwing right uppercuts oh, right. lefts and changing hands and i go. get right back to my girlfriend and sister wink at my girl and uh <laughs> then get so i get i'm not out there and the Coach the players are going crazy when I get after the game because I get tossed out of the game. It's the last shift. So I'm in the room and the guys all come in, Mark Messi and these guys. And you know, my childhood idols are all sure. in this room and they're they're all going crazy high five and hugs and fuck messes. We're gonna party tonight because he's having a big Christmas party that night. And coach comes in, turn the fucking music off. And he goes, he'd give me a penny that morning when I got in the dressing room, he told me to tape it to my skate. He says, a lucky penny, you can have it, you'll score a goal tonight. This guy was a genius. So I tape it to my skate, and I score a goal. Well, he comes in, he goes, I thought I told you not to fucking fight. Uh I go, I thought you were using reverse psychology. And he goes, the greatest line, he goes, if I was using reverse psychology, I'd fucking tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. and he goes give me my That's penny so back funny. he goes give me my penny back and I'm just fuck you I'm keeping that penny. My lucky penny so I wouldn't assign a new contract while I was there and because I had I was the highest paid player in the American Hockey League and it just through a clerical error and a mistake and in the Canadian so I get traded to Canadian City the exchange rate so I'm getting I'm getting paid a lot and actually by the end of it I'm, I'm pretty sure my minor league salary was higher than my NHL salary when it when it was all said and done and he kept wanting to take a shitty contract a two-way with a low Canadian minor league salary. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'll go play in the coast. I'll go play in the coast. I can make a lot more money there than I can in the American Hockey League. And I wouldn't sign it. So he offers me one more time. It's like a four-year contract, but I still get the shitty minor league salary. Not the the big league one keeps going up. Every conversation is 5000 a year more. It's an escalator. And I go, nope. And he goes, give me my penny back. You're going back. Your flight leaves at like 6 a.m. tomorrow, like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Four flights to get back. Like he was mad. I, oh yeah. So he I sent
1: you to
0: different airport. Oh, Couldn't
2: That, that well, it was <laughs> the, you the place. give him the penny. No fucking way.
1: <laughs> no. No way. No, keep that. I wish. Yeah. Do you I still have it?
2: no fuck. I'm sure I spent it on something.
1: <laughs> I am sure I
0: spent it on something. <laughs> One cent wings. Yeah. You know, the, gra- the greatest
2: thing is like uh that night when I finally got home after Massa's party. I, I got home two or three in the morning with my girl, and we get back and. The Chinese restaurant that we ate at was a, ch- a steakhouse in a Chinese restaurant. The owners and the chefs were all at my parents' house waiting for me when I got there. And they cooked me my exact meal that I used to have. They'd make me a steak every time. They brought everything to the house, and they cooked me a meal at like 3 a.m. Wow. Nice. And, yeah, it was unbelievable. and it's potatoes? Yeah, yeah. It, it was unbelievable. steak and every type of Chinese food I liked. Wow. And they did it at the house in my parents' kitchen. It was fucking awesome. That's so great. it was a pretty good first game. So it would be impossible to remember. When I can no longer rem- remember that day, I guess I'm I'm not living too good.
0: Yeah. What do you like to do off, you know, in your own time? You know, do you like to cook? Do you like to read? No, you working? Travel, golf? Are you like Martha
2: Stewart? Uh <laughs> Uh, no, you know what, well, I, I, I like, spent in the summer. a big, I'm, my I got, dad's I, like uh, a
0: big bruiser, you're yeah, a yeah. big bruiser, it's like I, I'm, some people think that's how you are No, off the I, ice I, all I, the hey, time.
2: My, my children, I'm divorced for quite a while, not that, like when, when my kids were middle school and high school, and you know, I always cooked for my kids, and to this day, they're, the two youngest are 22 and 18, I cook almost every meal when we're together, and then when the summer, uh, we go to the le- we have a lake house in Minnesota with family members and the, like kind of a private lake. Nice, not not that it's it, it's a Richie Rich. It, what it is, it's just a lake that doesn't have public access. Sure. So and it keeps the the police off the lake too. So Sweet. the pontoons have a good amount of beer on them. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. Uh <laughs> but I, I cook. I I cook almost every single meal in the summer because my kids want me to cook for them. So nice. I've been doing that my whole That's life. Cool. Uh, the my living at the lake is my favorite all time thing in the world. It's it's uh you know when you get happy places. Uh, when you're, when I was younger, my happy place was a different place. And, sure. uh, <laughs> and then, but in the, it's the lakes in the summer and I guess, you know, I'll never quit working out. Uh, then
0: how did you make the transition to, you know, announcing and stuff well, like that? Is I that actually, what I did, you wanted to do? When
2: I was done with my career, I was kind of sore at the end and I needed the break, but you didn't, you're not allowed to have a break and I had a contract, but I also owned the rights to a, a building of a, mi- in a minor league town that we, and we had been accepted into a league and our, our arena was sounded like it was going to be ready. So I went right from playing to running my own hockey team for the first year and then got out of that after a year. And in, in that one year I've learned more in that year than I did before that year. And after that year, like wow. I learned and it helped me train, like I do a lot of things. And then a couple of years later I started and ran another team and then you know was always in the hockey business. And then I got out of it because I was so worried about my kids traveling like going to my towns in these little tiny minor league towns and you know the first town wasn't so great uh fayetteville north carolina where fort bragg is and you know it was kind of a dangerous little town a lot of crime and you know i was always worried when i was traveling like i, co- I was like president gm coach like and then fuck like, the merchandise bit, like everything we had uh, as a five-man operation and i had a partner but my partner never fucking showed up he's one of the guys that started the coast and he never showed up he never helped And he was all, he was critical. So it just drove me, every time he'd come in town, he created a problem with the building, he created a problem with the league. And it was more of an ego thing where I was just working all the time and you know, selling and doing what we do. I learned so much from that and I kind of transitioned, but I was in these little towns. I thought that's my dream was to be a hockey guy. It's not my kids. And I find when I'm done, the kids were pissed that how much fun they used to have. You know, when I I was doing these things, like my oldest boy who passed away, he would come on the bus and he'd have a bunk on the bus, and he he was like the team mascot. The players just loved him, and you know he was so young. I could just take him with me all the time. And then we'd be on the road, and the backup goalie kind of babysit him. And he'd sit right by the bench or behind the bench, or and then he said, Yeah, it was so much fun." I was like, "I was so worried about them having a normal childhood, being raised in one town." And sure. So I got out, and I was in business with my father-in-law, financial planning, and I hated it. And I was always doing TV, I was always doing t- radio spots, and and then I just got up one day, grabbed my shit, and just quit. I was like fucking hate this and uh it was it took forever to you know to consummate a deal and i should have probably been an insurance guy that was like getting base hits every day and like <laughs> like home and auto stuff but the uh and then i just decided i had a coaching job and a tv job within a month and i took the coaching job and then left that and got into tv full time and you know so i've been doing tv now for like uh 16 years or so wow. 14 with the caps and nbc and all the different names and next year i'll have a new name of the company and the team bought our network so that's always that. And then I used to have a, a hockey training business, but commuting from Dallas where I actually was my residence, I commute to DC. So I, I just, it just got to be too much raising kids, running this hockey business, doing the TV flying every day. And so I'm just a hockey guy now just do TV radio, nice. which is awesome. Cause it's not like I don't, it's kind of like this. This doesn't work to me right. this is yeah.
1: you still get time to yourself but you're still oh i get way
2: know. too much so you guys have been around me You see yeah. how much free time i get all right <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know Dude, like you the players,
1: told us the story <laughs> last night About the
2: what was it you the went to see
0: you went on a trip was it to dubai and worked for two hours and 14 days seven days or, or something the, like
2: du- that dubai and abu dhabi i did uh like i was at the hockey rink there in, in abu dhabi for like uh three hours total like a couple hours on the ice and then Autographs and like everyone waited for me for a few hours after I made sure I signed every autograph took every they don't People didn't know I was but they're hockey fans that love the NHL love the caps cool. and so I did that man It was fucking it's incredible over there. It was amazing. It's all you know, I guess the king, you know, his company kind of Eddie of, of Etihad, that's Abu Dhabi. They they're incredible hotel restaurants. They're they're playing there's or, sand. Or, they're every, There's the sand. Sands. They bring in from. I think they bring their sand in from like Mar- is that morocco Is it Morocco or Monaco or? <laughs> I think they bring it in from Monaco. Okay. They're like their yeah. sand for their beaches. It's and the cities are insane. And I guess we're lucky. It was only like hundred degrees when we were there, not hundred fifty. Right. But <laughs> at, the the cars are amazing over there. And I they had all these SUVs I never knew they had. I didn't know they had all that you know the high end like rolls and. And right. for, I guess I never Glamour paid attention. The Bentley, but they're everywhere. And Rolls Royce is everywhere. Wow. And like the Ubers are the biggest <laughs> Lexus cars there are. One on a desert safari. Sound like what the Sultans try. yeah, <laughs> Yeah. S- the Sultan. S- yeah.
0: <laughs> <swing>. <laughs> Got one last question for you. So when the Caps won it, yep. now is it the players that get. Did you have a day with the no, cup? No, 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 no. I just had, the players.
2: I, I I was around a few days with the cup, but right. uh, was that fun? That's for the player. Oh, the the. I mean, there's you nothing, know, traveling tra- with Chelly. Yeah, traveling with my team, you it's know, throughout the playoffs, through with uh, throughout yeah. the playoffs, and you know, it's it, it's you know, I, I played there, and we had a playoff collapse when you're up three to one, and Pittsburgh ends up winning the cup that year, like a few rounds later, and we we're up three to one, and I was convinced we we're better as a team, but our coach wasn't as good as their coach and got thoroughly, he was like changing our line. So that stung, always stung. And then the fan base covering the team, I want them to win. I had, I had it from no one. When you're a partner with the team, like we're brought, now we're actually, the guy that owns the team owns my network now. He bought it in August or uh, September, but I've always wanted the team to win, but I'm, I'm not a, not a buy. like I, I don't attack the other team. I don't, I'm not condescending towards the other team, but I want them to win and I want them to put their best foot forward, put their best players on the ice, make all the right decisions so we can go because it was so much fun. And to see the people in D.C. that have been through it their entire life, that was amazing. And then, you know, I remember I was in the finals. I wasn't traveling with the team. I was having to fly a commercial, I think, the last two rounds because, you know, there's so many call-ups and that. And after we won it, uh, I went to the family, the team and family party right after I got off television a few hours later, took my kids in there, they had the time of their life. They hoisted the cup. Nice. Uh, you know, Then went with the players, met them over at Hakkasan where they had. And then I snuck out of there and everyone was like, how? And I got all of my TV and radio part- buddies in to the their VIP area. And it's an old trick I learned and I can't explain on here. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, so I uh, did that. Then I snuck out. I didn't want to be the drunk guy on the radio at 5 a.m., which is 8 a.m. D.C. time. So I snuck out of the room. I had two liters of water. I had like did two, two hours of radio in the morning and, and I was, and was like holy shit holy shit and then I got back and the team beat me by maybe two hours and they were already I was looking at Twitter on the plane and they were already at a bar over by the practice rink in Arlington and I get back and everyone's aren't you gonna I said nope I've had enough I said parade day is gonna be awesome I'll wait for the parade and those guys just they had the time of their lives it was pretty cool watching. Um, how happy they were and I got invited to one of the things on a Saturday night and it was I said no I'm just gonna wait for parade day and parade day was I was part of the parade nice. uh, with Hall of Famer Rod Langway, we had they had a, had us in a car and was amazing And then That's you know they everyone got out of the cars and was high-fiving the fans and the, you know It's funny. Uh, we had what was the greatest experience and it's pretty cool is that when we were we put our set after the fifth game against Columbus on the street in front of the arena and we won an overtime, I think it was Nick Backstrom, deflection goal, and the fans chanted my name for one hour. All right. About five, 6,000 people. Well, the next game for pregame, uh, when we were there, I think we were there, the next game was for Pittsburgh. Yeah, because we won in six. So uh, then we're in Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden, when we get back and we're playing the Penguins, there's about 20,000 people out there. <laughs> the next game about 25, and then there was about 50, 60,000 people on F Street and all the surrounding streets. And they would be chanting my name. And then <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like yeah. the first time I was like getting choked up on TV. And then it was like every pregame, a post game, they were there and they would chant my name. It was pretty cool. Was I was so like, fun. I didn't score a fucking goal. <laughs> I didn't get in a fight, didn't throw a hit, didn't block a shot. But it's because they feel your passion, too. Sure. Thinking what you do. And I love what I do. And then, you know, when we won the cup, this is where I was going with my long winded story is that I'm walking into the airport in Vegas. You know how long that airport is? Oh yeah. They start chanting my name all through the airport. Nice. It was amazing. And then people are coming up and telling me their sad stories that I get choked up when they tell me, but they tell. I used to go to all the games with my dad, and my dad, sure. is not, and then they'd be crying. I was like, I'd start crying. I'm, up, I'm gonna cry now. But it, it's unbelievable the love that people. That's sure. And there was no politics for three months in D.C. or two months or whatever it was. It was beautiful. There's none of the bullshit we hear every day now, and it was just people. Yeah. Everyone was in love with the hockey team, and it didn't matter what community you're from. Everyone was all in on it. And yeah. then we, you know, we got when they called me to tell me they're giving me a Stanley Cup ring. I was, I was almost shit myself.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I've always liked yeah. hockey, you know, yeah.
0: hockey and watching it. And yeah. I've never played it, but I know a lot of hockey players, but the passion and it seems uh, overtime. So, hey, I think all, it's the best overtime of it, any we're, sport. We're all normal guys.
2: Like, yeah. that's a, mo- There's very few guys when people say, who's, I, was, I have a hard time knowing who was a bad. Like, I, I loved all my teammates, and I loved, sure. like, when we do alumni events, meeting the guys I didn't get to play with, you, you have so much in common because oh, sure. you had the same common goal of making it to the big leagues. You know, and I, I had a fun career. I was with Edmonton and I used to tell people, what was the fun I said, Well, I was an extra player and they won their last Stanley Cup with Gretzky and then they won one two years later. But I was with them. I get traded there. And I wasn't ready to be an NHL player yet. But I was my childhood team. I was in the dresser. I was like living a reality show. And I always go, That and like they go, right. What about your fr-? I go, I played my first game, but I scored my first goal. I had my first fight. I had you know my first hit. Right. You know, but I go, I gotta be around, I gotta be in the room to watch this and then Years later, the highlight of my hockey career is being with the Caps, covering them to win the Stanley Cup. It was amazing. Yep. All, all in all the time. It was amazing.
0: Awesome. That's great. Well, thanks for being on, and uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah. Maybe after the
2: – Where's this, the where's this studio? Cheer? Are we in Wisconsin, Minnesota, or Indiana?
0: <laughs> Just planes. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're in a bunch of traffic. Uh, <laughs> no, we're still in Illinois.
2: All right. All I know is when I drive through Chicago, it feels like it takes me 10 hours in the summer oh, yeah. on my way to the lake.
0: That's true
1: all righty buddy thanks uh, thanks, thanks guys alan. thank you to alan may for joining the show today thank you to my co-host matt budkus follow us on our social channels listed in the show description and the budkisaward.com for updates on this podcast if you're interested in purchasing 51 gear please go to dickbutkus.com be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode this podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com studios i'm matt amandola and we'll catch you on the next
0: one. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients have come to rely on them for a full line of website services from design and development to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They work with clients in nearly every industry. They also are the official website and digital marketing provider for the Butkus Award and Butkus Foundation websites. And we proudly recommend the team at AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today. 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. That's AmericanEagle.com, 1-877-W-E-B-N-O-W-1.